Hello and welcome again to Monster Island Radio. I'm Ben and as usual I'm joined by the always affable. Affable? Yes. Graham. <laughs> affable Graham. That's what I was always called in school. I'm sure you were. Mm. Uh, it sounded like you didn't know what it meant. Do you know what it means? No. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not a word I would use in a sentence. Oh, it just means friendly. Be f- oh, does it? Yeah, okay. easy, would... easy to get along with. I definitely wasn't called that in school then. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been a little while since our last episode, but uh, if anyone was keeping track of which movies we're going to cover next, you'll know that today we're covering uh, Mothra versus Godzilla, the 1964 movie. The first meeting. Yes, exactly. Um, or as it's known in the West, Godzilla versus The Thing. Um, not that The Thing. It's a different The Thing. Um, yes. So, th- <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch both um, the Japanese and Western versions? I did, yes. I have not seen uh, Versus The Thing. Um, I could cast some aspersions about what they were trying to do there, mm. but I'll save that for later. Yeah. And, and you can tell me what, what really happened. Okay. Because okay. I don't know about, you know, maybe they re edited it a bit, but I, I get the impression it's maybe purely a marketing yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah you've nailed yeah. it. Right. Well, so we've covered that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the, as you're saying, this is the first time that uh, Mothra and Godzilla meet, and which is why we covered Mothra in 1961 in our previous episode. So we could cover this film today. So as usual for these these films, uh, directed by Ashiro Honda, which was spelt wrong again on versus the thing. I don't know why they keep calling him Inoshiro Honda, but there you go. Mm. Um, and then uh, special effects director Eiji Tsuburaya and screenplay written by Shinichi Sekizawa. So the boys are back in town again for this. Same guys as as King Kong. King Kong. Versus Godzilla, right? Is it not? Yeah, that's right. And um, right. same for Mothra, right? Mm. Uh, so as usual, we'll do a little summary of this film. This film kind of jumps around a little bit. So again, it's a bit tricky to write a short synopsis, but um, hopefully this covers most of the bases. Uh, so Kurata Coast is struck by a typhoon and the destruction is reported by Maicho Press reporter Ichiro Sakai and photographer Junko Nakanishi when they notice a shiny object amongst the debris. On what I can only assume is a beach much further away from that site, uh, a giant egg is discovered in the sea. The locals and the fishermen bring it ashore, and it is examined by Professor Shunsuke Miura, but the fishermen then sell it to Kumeyama, the owner of Happy Enterprises. There's some uh, dispute about who could possibly own this egg that just miraculously appears, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, but it gets sold nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, because he he plans to make profit off the egg in an exhibition, so yeah, buys it off them. Um, Kumeyama then gets investment from Jiro Torahata, who has an idea to make a theme park around the egg. Shortly thereafter, the Shobujin twins appear before them and protest the plans and explain that the egg is from Infant Island and belongs to Mothra. They request the egg be returned, but they refuse. Shobujin then make an appeal to our trio of Sakai, Nakanishi and Miura to help return the egg, but they're unable to help. So Sakai is concerned that reporting on the Happy Enterprises um, exploitation of the Mothra egg just gives them more publicity, so he feels powerless to make any any meaningful difference. Uh, Meanwhile, it becomes apparent that Kumiyama still hasn't paid up for the egg or the land that he's renting for the theme park. So Torahata agrees to loan some more money to him, but with the Mothra egg as collateral. Kumiyama agrees, 
and then starts incubating the egg to encourage it to hatch. Yeah? No, nothing. <laughs> uh, Just gripped by this incredible story. <laughs> uh... The trio then revisit the site where they discover the shiny object as it was highly radioactive. Uh, and that's when Godzilla rises from underground. Nearby towns are evacuated and the JSDF are deployed to fight him off, but with no real effect. The trio then travel to Infant Island to appeal to the Shobujin twins and Mothra to help stop Godzilla. Initially they decline as they did nothing to help them to begin with. Mothra is close to death at this point as she's destined to be spiritually reborn from the egg but the trio managed to persuade them by telling them that innocents are in danger. Kumayama confronts Torahata about the loan, feeling he's been double-crossed. They fight, and then Kumayama gets shot in the head by Torahata. But then Godzilla appears and kills Torahata too. Just as Godzilla reaches the egg, Mothra appears and fends him off. She then spends her final moments on the egg for it then to hatch, revealing twin Mothra larvae. The larvae manage to subdue Godzilla by wrapping him in silk, and then he falls into the sea and sinks. The triumphant larvae then travel back to Infant Island with the Shobujin, while our team hope that they can build a better future for the world built on trust. So yeah, that's that's mostly it. Mm. So this is my second viewing of this film. So the first time I'd seen it was some years ago, and it was the it was Mothra versus the Thing. It was the American version, and I mean, true to form, my memory of it is patchy at best. Um, so it was almost like watching a new film, to be honest. Right. Um, so yeah, this was penned as a sequel to the nineteen sixty one Mothra movie, mm. but um, Honda he changed a lot of it. He got quite involved in the script, um, and yeah, changed things around and kind of removed any of the sequel elements to it. And I think mm. maybe to provide kind of like a jumping on point for anyone really. It does kind of feel though like you? I mean, you kind of do. <sighs> I guess you don't need to have seen Mothra, but you you would feel like you hadn't seen it, I think. Sometimes, they, you know, sequels to movies are made and it's like, oh, we're rebooting it, but we want you to go and see it, you know, without having seen the originals. Mm. And they try very hard to kind of conceal the fact it's a sequel. And it's just like, well, if you know, you know. But then with this, I feel like, yeah, you don't need to see Mothra, but if you haven't, you're just going to feel like... I guess this stuff was like introduced in Mothra then, and you know it's still just kind of an elephant in the room to me. Mm. It's still very much like it's. I mean, it's not a strong continuation of the Mothra story because it's not really adding much that's new. To be honest with you, is it? Well, yeah, um, I, I think I see what you mean. I, I do think it builds upon the cons, like some of the concepts that were introduced in Mothra, like the whole death and rebirth thing. Yeah, that was kind of that, that was explicit in this film, where it's only ever really sort of implied really in in the first one if if at all um mm. so i feel like that was like you weren't missing anything there that felt like you know that was new to everyone watching it but yeah i suppose the idea of this i yeah i don't know i guess i see what you mean like the island and the twins are very much That's like it. set up in the first movie and it's not that they aren't set up in this one it's just that they kind of are like there and mm. like i think because you're watching like a costume kaiju movie of audiences are just like well there's weird stuff and i that's why i'm here to see so you don't really think about it too much right yeah I th- but I still think- it's, it is sort of like oh i guess this is going on sort of feeling if you didn't watch it in yeah, order yeah yeah i see what you mean because um, maybe like when you hear uh the shobujin voices audiences would be like 
oh, it, they're back kind of thing. Maybe yeah, that's or, what or, that was about. Yeah, they, they you kind of maybe take the surprise through the two like um, CD businessmen who are also hearing it for the first time. Mm. So there is sort of like a jumping off point there where you can get on board, you know, mm. if you haven't already seen it. I think it, that's that would be my takeaway from it is that if you're expecting weirdo stuff anyway, it wouldn't really bother you. <laughs> Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah, if you're just expecting weird stuff, yeah, this it's fine. Um, it felt like a Mothra movie in the same way like King Kong versus Godzilla felt like a Kong movie. I mm. think. I mean, even by the title alone, you've got Godzilla second billing again. He seems to have kind of taken a back seat. He just seems to be the uh, the thread that keeps these movies going rather than being at the forefront. There's a framing device. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what we, overall, I kind of feel like it, it, Godzilla's role was really inconsequential to the story as well. It almost feels just like we need Godzilla. Let's find a way to shove him in. Because they have this thing where it's like at one point, obviously the egg is the big sort of like MacGuffin of the movie, right? Mm. Where it's like, oh, the egg turns up and people are... They, they're taking the egg like in and out of different people's possession and then they're like we should give the egg back to Mothra just because it's the right thing to do Godzilla shows up at a certain point and they say well could we say we need Mothra to come and get the egg back because you know Godzilla's gonna do something with it or whatever mm. you know he could either break the egg or could Mothra just come and protect the humans and he can have the egg back in return like that sort of stuff is I kind of discussed right but in the end it feels like Mothra and Godzilla just sort of fight fairly incidentally like they would have just fought anyway even if none of those scenes even happened they just sort of do fight and uh, the the trio don't really do much convincing um and then Mothra comes to get her egg which i guess she probably would have done even if Godzilla wasn't there it yeah. just happens to be there so it doesn't feel like there's much like connective tissue between like the events in this no that's true the story is just kind of I felt like it's it started off really strong in the beginning. I like the egg washing up and the sort of mystery there, and yeah. you get you get this photograph of the scale that like you said in the water. They see this like shiny silvery scale thing. Mm. Like, oh well, obviously it's like Godzilla's scale or something. You know the things at this point. You know the kind of you know trademark things they do in these movies. But the, the story's building, and then they said they're going to build this theme park, and that never actually materializes, which is a shame. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think they could have done so much more with that uh, from a satirical point of view if they had them build like a kaiju like Godzilla themed theme park around this egg and they have like people in costumes who are like wearing like a Godzilla costume so as the audience were like yeah. well, we know that Godzilla is a man in a costume but then at this theme park they have you know the Mickey Mouse kind of costume thing but it's Godzilla and you could do like a sequence where people are like riding a roller coaster around this egg and maybe the egg starts to hatch or something like so at one moment they're screaming from the ride but then they're screaming because the egg's like well, it's hatching and it felt like that was kind of in the potential of this story. Like the theme park idea is really interesting. It's really callous from the businessman. That's what they want to do. All they care about is making money. We'll build a theme park. But it could also be quite funny and have a like satirical underline to it, which mm. would really help at this point. Because the thing that goes on in this era of Godzilla is that it starts off deadly serious and very rapidly it becomes very, very silly. And we know that like Honda and the rest of the team find that a little bit like, well, we don't really want to make these sequels, but if we're going to do it, we don't want to do the same thing over and over again and all that we sort of discussed in previous episodes. And if they want to kind of like poke fun of themselves and take the piss a bit, having a Godzilla theme park that then gets destroyed by Godzilla would have been really fun. And then the egg would hatch at the right time. 
Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately the movie, it doesn't really have a, a lot of fun in it, this one. It's just kind of yeah. the things you expect happen. Basically. It, it, at, the, at the point you expect them to happen and, and it just sort of is over. It's sort of a bit of an empty movie. It, yeah, definitely. I mean, all the stuff you described would have made that consider make this considerably better. Um, shame none of that did happen, really. Um, mm. Yeah, it's... Uh, I really did enjoy it. But like you say, there, there was no kind of real... So, I mean, there's no real surprise. I was going to say the biggest surprise was I was surprised at how violent the little fight got between Tadahata <laughs> and uh, Kimiyama. Oh, yeah, when he gets shot and all yeah, that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Was that. Really that was really good. That was great. That really took me back. Yeah, um, I like that. Um, I was, when they when he comes in, he's like, oh, you give me the money. And he's like, I'm not going to give you the money. And he starts beating him. I was like, this guy's going to get like beaten to death. And I was like, yeah, yeah that would be like really interesting of like, you know. And then but the then fight the other goes guy on. Gets shot and, in the head. Yeah, yeah. And the building comes down on the other guy, and it's like, yeah, they kind of got their comeuppance in the end, but it's also like not anywhere near the end of the movie. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's a really good sequence, but it feels kind of dramatically like it does sort of just happen. Yeah, I mean, because you're saying it kind of descends into silliness. I kind of disagree with that in so much that like it doesn't go silly, not as cartoony as like sh- previous, yeah. not like King Kong versus Godzilla, no. where it, you know. I think what I mean is that the series is gradually becoming more and more silly with each movie. Uh, and this, this film needed more of, the, more of the silliness in it to mm. make it kind of feel like there was more to it, I think. Yeah, because I think ultimately ended up being a, a little on the bland side compared mm. to previous entries. I'm not saying that I think this movie is bland, but like when you think of the trajectory that it's had so far... Yeah, yeah, you'd kind of expect just that little bit, something more. I do feel like it was quite um, refined, though. Like, I think uh, maybe not, ref- maybe refined isn't the word, but like, I suppose the the pacing of the ideas that they had, um, mm. like for example, like you know, there's a moth or egg, and you're not spending forty five minutes waiting for it to hatch to just to see something happen. Yeah, I suppose you know. Is... There's, there's stuff on the screen, mm. and there's there's always something happening. So, like, I mean, you get Mothra appears in the first fifteen minutes with the Shobujin, Godzilla after about thirty minutes. Um, there's always some action going on, and like the drama is kind of it's good enough, I think. Um, like between the you know the bad guys, the Happy Enterprise, Happy Enterprises guys. Um, yeah. And, you know, you get, like, the military attacks and stuff like that. And it's like, it always feels like something's unfolding, which I quite liked. Um, so I never actually felt bored for, except that, well, there's a couple of moments where I was. But <laughs> for the most part, I think the pacing was like, they nailed it for this film compared to previous mm-hmm. ones. Because um, like we were saying with King Kong versus Godzilla, we preferred the American cut just because things are a bit snappier. Oh right. yeah, far far better. Yeah, which is you know you wouldn't think it would be, but yeah, but just the pace of the action movie genre is is you know much quicker. Yeah, I think in the American one. Yeah, but so for this, I think like I think they were aware of that and just wanted to keep things happening all the time, which made makes this a a good film. Really, I think um, not the best. But good, mm. you know. I, I kind of disagree. I think bland is a pretty fair description of it. To be completely honest, oh. Um, oh. you're right that there's the monsters have a good time code in this movie where they pop up at a good pace. You know, like oh, we're we're seeing them. We're not having to wait ages. You're absolutely right about that. But it is done 
kind of in a rote way where it's like they do because they've got they've done a few of these movies now they know exactly what we want and they don't have to waste time getting to the point um you know we've seen godzilla and mothra before we've seen kaijus before so let's get to it that's good but the this story the narrative just doesn't have enough like drive behind it to make those things feel like Mm. important and it's a shame um because I think you know there's some good good elements there. Like so you know the business stuff with their you know, like conflict is good. The whole kind of the really crass element of them wanting to sell the egg. I like that. I thought the first like 15, 20 minutes was actually really really strong. Yeah. And then to me, it just sort of the air goes out of the balloon before anything's even happened. Yeah, because I it feels like people are just doing things for the sake of doing things. Yeah, they than... go from point A to point B, yeah. and then eventually their monster fight starts, and it's actually quite long and meaty. There's a lot of monster fighting in this, mm. isn't there? Yeah, but it feels like, and we've, we've said this about other movies in the Millennium Era, sometimes it feels like the monster fight and the human part are just two completely separate things. Mm. And they don't feel completely separate in, in this movie. It's not quite as divorced as that. But like I said previously, I feel like Godzilla and Mothra were going to fight. As the audience, we know they're definitely going to fight regardless of anything that happens in the story. But it just felt that within the narrative, nothing the people did or even anything that happened with the egg actually made that happen. That, you know, Mothra was going to come and get that egg, even if no human being ever even saw it. And Godzilla was going to be there and they were going to have their duel sort of thing. And, you know, in none of the uh, the businessmen fight. And I know that one of them does get killed by Godzilla. But even the heroes, the main three, none of them ever like particularly in danger because of the fighting as such. Not really, no. So it doesn't really feel like the two things kind of overlap that much. There's no real threat. No, it's like, no. it's enjoyable from, you know, special effects, Godzilla and Mothra are fighting. Okay, that's fun. Uh, the music's very good. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel like it's got the narrative push of the American cut for, of, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. And, um, you know, all of our thoughts on the Mothra standalone movie in that episode. But I liked it much more than this, I think. Yeah, despite its pacing issues. Yeah, yeah, and anything else that we talked about. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, but I think because I wasn't bored and I was enjoying what I was seeing, I felt like it was good. Mothra's um, one of your phases, isn't it, as well? Yeah, so that, like that kind of helps, I think, a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, Ghidorah and Mothra. I always thought Ghidorah was my favourite. I think Mothra's on par, frankly. Mm. Um, it's okay, but it's kind of weird because I know that this is like, this is a fan favourite. This is always mm. like top of the list. Uh, I feel like we we can be a bit, I don't know, I feel like sometimes we kind of go against the grain a little bit with our preferences. So, yeah, there's something we're not seeing that everyone else is. Um, Maybe it is just because the, the length of the battle is is pretty significant. Like, a lot of the movie is them fighting. I yeah. think a lot of times I've especially complained about there not being enough of it. So, mm. it's, you know, people might look at this thing like, well, what are you complaining about? Like, there's so much, like, kaiju battling. Yeah. And there is, but... Had, um, yeah, I suppose if we weren't doing this podcast, we probably wouldn't really be as critical of the the weaker narrative aspects of this, because <laughs> no. because we, we kind of set out to be critical. We we found something that's actually quite a big flaw, and really zeroing in on it. Well, I don't I don't know if I agree with that entirely because I know that like you know oh, maybe you would. <laughs> yeah, maybe I would, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the point where we've seen good stories and we've seen good action, even in these older ones where the action is still, you know, just a guy in a suit. I think I'm just at the point where Godzilla has stopped being a dramatic or at least a purely dramatic thing within the Showa era. We're already at that point, you know, we were in it already with the Kong movie. 
Um, and Kong really has enough things that are, are silly about it whilst also being a bit of peril where it all kind of fits together. And I'm at the point now where I know Showa goes full comedy at a certain point. Yeah. And I'm not really... You know, maybe if I was watching this back in the era and this movie had just come out and I wasn't I wasn't aware of what was coming down the road, I wouldn't find it quite so dry. Mm. But I know we're gonna get like Gigan and all of that is coming. Jet Jagar, I'm waiting to get back to that. Um so it just felt like a bit of a drag. And I think, yeah, you're right. If you took it at face value and just saw it as like this is like, you know, got some dramatic elements which are quite good like we say lots of action there is lots of action so if you like it it's good it's just just to me it just missed a couple of little ingredients that would have made it have its own kind of depth yeah because i think like yeah, we talked about this in the king kong versus godzilla movie where there was an element of them trying to satirize the over commercialization of tv yes which i you know you can argue even that like how well does that really come across within the movie but this better film, than this i mean like the, yeah. the messaging for this is kind of like I don't know. It was a bit sort of... What is the message? Yeah, this is the thing. So I think, well, the strongest moment was probably um, Junko's appeal to um, the infant island villagers and Mothra mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, about, you know, moving forward in harmony with everyone. You know, yeah. even bad people deserve, you know, deserve to live. They have a right yeah. to live and stuff like that. And this whole kind of, you know, moving past history and let's make things better. You know, don't dwell on the mistakes of the past, but you know, look forward instead. Mm-hmm. Um, that element was was the strongest i think and I, that did come through even if it was a little bit kind of oh yeah by the way this is our message um i don't know what they were saying about about the press and stuff like that. i know they're saying like oh yeah i don't want to write articles about these bad guys because you know um you know, there's no, no such thing as bad press you know because it's just giving mm-hmm. them the publicity they want while that's true were they trying to make that point i couldn't really tell I don't know. It's like, was that what it was about? There was no clear uh, message. I think, um, well, one thing is that, I mean, I I guess it's fair to say that just because I may have missed the point doesn't mean there wasn't one there. Mm. But I think that is quite generous to journalists as well. Like, well, they're not going to report something if it just, you know, gives a bad guy publicity. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on now. I mean, maybe back then in 1960s Japan, that was a thing. But certainly these days, we know that the negative headline is the one that gets the loudest, you know, yeah. broadcast, right? It was a bit kind of like, yeah, propaganda for journalists. Yeah, That's kind of what it felt like, which is why I couldn't really tell what point they were making. He's like, he's so virtuous that yeah. he actually ends up just standing by and not doing yeah, anything about exactly. the problem. And it's like, okay. It, the, yeah, I didn't like that character much. At the beginning, no, he was... He, um, he showed himself to be a complete dick right at the beginning. Yeah, so. it, he's all critical of her, like, camera work. And she's obviously, she's a bit naive and not very good with the camera to be fair but then she also is a bit more pushy than him and a bit more journalistic where she she gets people to like talk and like i'm gonna ask you this question then she lets you know the actual reporter actually say something Mm -hmm. because he's too kind of timid and maybe there is something to be said like maybe the honda and the writing team felt like well we want to talk about how journalism has gone toothless you know in the modern era and that's gonna be part of this movie was that maybe that's a bit lost in translation to me maybe i don't know Um, i couldn't tell it kind of it is there, I guess, but mm. just didn't feel like there was any moment where the journalists were like, oh, if only we'd said something, we could have prevented this. You know, that scene. Yeah, there was none of that. Yeah, there's no sort of remorse. They just say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to write about this, this guy. I don't like him. I don't like writing about this guy, so I won't. It's just Pretty much that. the entire time, yeah, they were either doing nothing or they were only doing good things. And even the good <laughs> stuff wasn't that good. I don't know. It was just a bit meh. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're right that the strong scene where she says, like, you know, there's a lot of good people who are going to die if we don't do anything, and there's a lot of bad people who still d- deserve to live. Yeah, I really um, liked that. I thought that, I was, that's, that was a good yeah, speech. It's easy to overlook that as, like, it feels like maybe it goes without saying, but there might have been a point in time, or maybe even now, where a lot of people just don't even feel like that's the case, and that does need to be heard and need to be said. Mm. And so it is easily overlooked. So it's possible that I'm just overlooking some of the subtler elements to this and... and not getting enough out of it i think uh, well yeah the thing is like i think those if they're going to do like a subtle point it needs to tie in with the film in some meaningful way but it doesn't none of those mm. little things really seem to have any impact like you're saying like the journalists like they don't really like they don't, do they even do a report i don't think they do at the end like i don't know it's just like i don't know it just didn't seem to affect anything that happened in the movie except for them going to infant island to speak to the the villagers there i don't know Maybe they want you to have this kind of revelation yourself where you're watching these two businessmen fight and you don't like either of them because they're both like heartless, you know, corporate guys. They end up killing each other. One of them gets killed by Godzilla. And then you have this scene in the film which says, like, bad people don't deserve to die just because they're bad. And you're supposed to feel like, oh, I actually thought that was quite fun when Godzilla killed that guy by knocking down the hotel he was in. Mm. And you think, oh, I shouldn't have felt good about that. And maybe that's, like, in it um, in some way. <laughs> You know, like subtle yeah. things like that, which yeah. I don't tend to notice on yeah. the first viewing. But yeah, it just had a the movie just had a vibe of just like emptiness to me. I, I don't know. I think like it's weird. It almost felt like they tried remaking Mothra, mm. and they were like, oh, which is well, what we sequels can't... always feel that way. Anyway, often, yeah. So it felt like that, and they were like, well, we're just doing the same film. Let's have Godzilla in there. Mm. And, but I mean, there's, there's so many elements to where it's like. You could like the roster's basically the same as the nineteen sixty one Mothra movie. You got a reporter, the photographer, yeah, like scientist, the you know the infant oil, uh, infant island um, people. Um, people, the the, the yeah the bad the big baddie guys as well. Like I mean, it's Relisicans and they're the money driven. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, it's just to exploit the 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 island and you know it's mm. it's just kind of it's almost the same. Uh, and I think that's why it felt a bit toothless because it was like, well, we've already seen this setup, but Done probably better. better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they were I mean, fine, but it just wasn't, it just didn't stand out because of that. I cannot remember the comedian or the actor's name who was in the Mothra. Yeah. Like that element added so the much to The snapping turtle it. guy. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, well, this guy's like, actually, like, the character works dramatically, but he also is quite funny and charismatic yeah. to watch. Yeah. And this just did not. It just didn't have, have that. that. And that's what I was saying with, like, the theme park should have been built and should have been knocked down, and people would have loved that. Like, you know, mm. oh, you know, they're all, like, kind of taking it for granted that these kaijus kind of are dangerous um, and what the kaijus really mean. And then mm-hmm. the kaiju, you know, the Godzilla comes and shows them how dangerous he is. That would have just been, like, kind of enjoyable to watch i think yeah yeah um it's weird that they kind of dangled the carrot a bit on oh, we're gonna build this theme park and then they don't <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah i i didn't really think about this when i was watching it i wasn't like clock watching thing like when are we gonna get to the <laughs> the theme park you know but after it was ended i was just like I-, I can't believe they never actually got anything out of that like godzilla stamping on you know the bumper cars or something would have been mm. fun yeah but oh well maybe it'll happen in another movie that we've not seen Probably Maybe. not, but... No. Well, don't, don't tease me. Yeah. Uh, you know I love my own ideas. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> it's... It's, o- it's okay. It's yeah. okay. 
I mean, if you hadn't seen Mothra, I know it's annoying we keep comparing it to that, but it's difficult not to. Yeah. I mean, if you hadn't seen Mothra, I think you'd be fine because it's like, I think all that stuff would be new to you. So, you would, mm. you know, that's kind of nice, I guess. But hmm. but they have to decide then in a way. Like, I guess, you know, maybe this is a little bit too critical, maybe not. But do they want you to have seen Mothra or not? And I get you're saying like Honda's like taking out some of the sequel elements so they can get it. So you maybe don't need to have seen Mothra, but... You know, I prefer it when you're watching a series of movies and they kind of do lead into one one to the other. And typically in the Japanese um, sensibility, that isn't the case. They sort of retell things quite a bit, don't they? Um, so we're used to that. Um, but yeah, for it to be so similar. I mean, we already saw this in an, in the other way. The the whole like juice thing. Yeah, yeah. It's made its third appearance. You know, oh, there's going to be some magic juice. Uh, we, we know show area has got loads of magic juice in it. So we know this is going to be the thing uh, of them repeating stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Just was missing a magic ingredient. Yeah, it was. It was. And the other movies, you know, Kong versus Godzilla and Mothra both have that that charismatic edge that you can't bottle it but it's just there or it isn't and i just to me this i know you're saying it's a fan favorite but to me this just doesn't have it i think you could um you know just watch moffa again kind of thing yeah 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 completely so who was in this film we had so the character ichiro sakai uh was played by akira takarada who was ogata in the 1954 original godzilla movie so he was the reporter, as we said, really rude guy. He showed his colors right at the beginning when he was reprimanding um, Junko for not being quick enough with photos. And then not even writing the story. Was how, does it matter how quick she is if you're not going to write anything? Oh, no, no, I think he'd actually already <laughs> written the story at that point about that right. coastline. It's but that was speaking, though. Yeah. He's a hypocrite. <laughs> oh, absolutely is. Um, yeah, so I wasn't, wasn't keen on him. Uh that's all I've got to say about him, really. Um, then you got, it's yeah. just going to have a nothing character. Completely Not, nothing So, you know, moving on. Moving on, next one. Junko Nakanishi, <laughs> played by Yurika Hoshi. So, she was a photographer. She was met. She had uh, potential as a character, but like you said, we have actually seen that character before. Done better. Um, yeah, I, so it was like... I liked that. that she was a rookie, whereas the other yeah. one was more seasoned, but this one was kind of like a, an over-eager rookie. And, and, like, and she wasn't... And she was sorry, better than they, they gave her credit for, I think. You know, they just assumed she would be a bit of a numbnuts, but yeah. she had and some she gumption about her, so... She wasn't letting herself be pushed around, even though they were trying to push her around, yeah. so that was good. Yeah. But yeah, it made you think about the other photographer, and like, oh yeah, that was a really good character. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and then you had the other... Uh, Maicho Press guy, Jiro Nakamura, played by Yu Fujiki. He's the, he's the egg guy, the guy that eats eggs. Mm. I suppose he's the only one that actually made any impact in the film, even though he wasn't there for, you know, for, yeah, for a lot of it. So he kind of accidentally saved everyone by saying, oh, just ask Mothra to help. And then they do, and then it works out in the end. Yeah. yeah. Love it when a character has a really intellectual moment like that and pushes the story forward. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just get to the next scene good idea <laughs> um i liked him i liked his character yeah a bit of comic relief there. yeah it needed, not a problem it needed it just a bit of texture um then you had professor shinsuke miura who is played by my dreamboat guy hiroshi koizumi <laughs> so i was very happy to see him again i forgot he was in it 
So, uh, you know, I th- when he first appeared, I thought he was going to be Shinichi from Mothra. You know, the, mm. the character he played for uh, as the linguist. But a bit more kind of like, you know, world weary. Um, yeah, he was fine. He was okay. <sighs> I see. It's just difficult not to compare this to Mothra because you're just like, oh, it's those same characters, but just not as good. Well, uh, they shouldn't have made it so similar if they weren't going to like improve upon it, is the thing. Yeah. I would say that the the bad guys were, I actually preferred them to the Relisican bad yeah, guy. Yeah, they're a bit less hammy. They're a bit less hammy. And I, I yeah, I, I bought the evil a bit more, uh, even if it was a bit, it did border on cartoony sometimes. Mm. Um, so you had, what's it? Um, Jiro Tarahata, played by Kenji Sahara. So he was, if you remember, um, Kazuo, the boyfriend in King Kong versus Godzilla. Mm. Yeah, it's that same guy. Um, so he was kind of, he was like the, the worst, the, the big bad. He was the, he was the, the he most did the evil. shooting with the gun. He did the shooting with the gun. Yeah, he was the investor that screwed over uh, Kamiyama. Um, you can tell that the actor, he really enjoyed that role. The whole kind of like, you know, cigar chomping yeah. villainy kind of thing. People love playing villains, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And they're given the most to do in this film easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, apparently the actor, he spent some time like pretending to like you know be looking for a property to buy because he wanted to spend time with estate agents to see uh. like their level of overconfidence um <laughs> and i think he nailed that whole detestable trait that all estate agents have so oh uh, dear yeah oh sorry and letting agents as well yes um <laughs> can you not just go for landlords that's the easy people don't mind <laughs> it if you slag off landlords you know these people are trying to make a living all part and parcel no uh, uh, i don't know I, i'm not sanctioning these comments except that landlords are horrible <laughs> uh so yeah nailed it awful um and then yeah uh kumiyama played by yoshibumi tajima uh he was the president of the happy enterprises he was just a bit of a little shit he was quite funny i really liked that scene where they were fighting i really liked how uh, how irritated he was when he was looking for tarahata i was like uh that was very entertaining it was like seeing him get angry was quite funny uh yeah you know it's good it was an enjoyable watch. So yeah, they were they were definitely the most fun to watch. Um, There's an interesting element there where like he's going to win the fight. If it came to blows, mm-hmm. he could he could actually kill this guy, which you know, not pleasant. But he he could win the fight. And then the character element is like, well, this guy's going to shoot him in the back. That's the kind of guy yes. he is. Yeah, that's a really interesting dynamic. And I I get you know if if the movie really is telling us that you know you shouldn't lust for the death of bad people i kind of get that as a very noble point of view mm-hmm. i would argue that within the movie and you know i'm watching a film for catharsis it's okay for me to root for the villain to die off in the movie mm-hmm. uh, it's not saying i want real people to die mm-hmm. so i should be able to kind of enjoy my you know proclivity of of uh, enjoying death fictionally yeah uh just don't you know stop criticizing what i do for fun <laughs> i wasn't sure if they were trying to make a like a make a point about greed you know it's like where if you if you're going to be greedy this is what's going to happen to you you're both as bad as each other if if somebody had run into the building to get the money as it was starting to be attacked by godzilla and then they died as it collapsed because you know all of that it'd be like well if you hadn't gone in there for the cash Mm. you know that would be a death by greed but uh i don't know i i don't know dude (laughs) i think it is just that that you know they're saying like well these these people like do they deserve to die just because they're a bit misled in life or greedy by money not really they don't actually deserve to die even though you know Mm. it's kind of fun to watch it happen um so that's the kind of i think that's what they're sort of getting at 
confused messaging is what I'm getting from this because between us we can't decide well don't make a fun death scene if you don't want me to enjoy it (laughs) 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 Um, so that's that's the principal cast really and then of course you have the peanuts who are back yeah a welcome return yeah absolutely Uh, I found myself really looking forward to whatever song it was they were going to do music's not as good as it was in Mothra 61, I think. Like, I, you mean in terms of the songs? That the in, ter- in terms of the songs, sorry, yeah. Should be right. specific there. Um, yeah, like, I, re- I really did like that. It's called, like, The Sacred Spring. It's the song they were singing when they were sat at the only place that had any kind of green left um, on the island. I thought it was really nice. It reminded me of um, The Jungle Book, like that song when you see the that it's villager the getting water. the water. Yeah, that whole kind of vibe. I really enjoyed that. It was really pleasant. Um, it wasn't catchy as such, but it was a really nice song. Um, Same year, isn't it, Jungle Book, is this? I think it is, actually. Yeah, 64. They stole it. Ooh. No, they didn't. Who came first? <laughs> um, the Mothra or the Egg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that like that song was okay. I wasn't so keen on the, the, the chant they were doing to hatch the Mothra Egg. yeah Yeah, something like that uh it was okay just it was yeah the songs those songs weren't as good i don't think um again keep comparing it but you know if you're gonna do this you're gonna have these comparisons second album syndrome for mothra yeah definitely um but the score i do think was very good so this is kind Mm. of the, the refined godzilla theme that everyone knows really you know with the a lot of bum, uh, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, a yeah. bit more meaty almost. It's a chunkier sort of sound to it. Yeah, yeah. They must have got a, a bigger orchestra in or something because it really sounds like they they pumped it up. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was it was a good choice. Definitely. Uh, so strongest music so far, score wise, I think. Um, and I don't know if you noticed another piece of music in this movie. Hmm. Did I notice another piece of music? I have a clue. Uh, I don't know what you're talking we about. We use it on this show from time oh, to do time. We? Yes. Uh, I don't know. There's, uh, you know, it, what, is it like is it this? Is it our sort of like um, uh, the episode's over, but not really music at the kind of the kaiju corner. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's it's the kaiju corner theme. So like, I didn't pick it out to be honest. Oh, it you, just passed me by. When you see mm-hmm. the Shobujin, when you see the Happy Enterprises guys discussing oh, their plans right, right, right. when they first appear that's that music so the, oh. yeah so i used that and like remixed it a bit and added a beat and stuff and baseline i do remember noticing the music now but i didn't mm. make the connection because i was like oh this music's nice yeah but it probably has a residual <laughs> it could be that you know, i enjoy it because it has you know it's from the podcast I'm on. <laughs> so of course i would like it yeah, it's obviously from the movie yeah that was a really good sequence, though, when the the little twins were running around the room, and obviously they were in like a to scale set to make them look small. Yes, and they had like three or four different setups of different parts of the room. Yeah, that like same that. They, room. Yeah, yeah, that must have been quite costly. To like, we're going to make this part of the door and then this part of the closet, and then and these that two chairs. Corner are of the be chair. Hidden. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, like that was a a strange peak in the special effects. I think in this movie, where a lot of the other effects shots were not quite as good as that. Yes, I, I completely agree there. Mm. Um, so, other characters, obviously, we have to speak about Mothra and Godzilla. So, Mothra herself, a lot more characterization for her this time around. I think uh, she seems more like a goddess in this than than before. 
um like before she you know her her only intent was on protecting the the island but like in this movie she kind of recognizes the the bigger picture you know she's only interested in harmony for the the whole world you know she's not only <laughs> that's my only goal yeah that's her only goal just that one simple goal humble me Mothra. yeah no big dream just, you know, <laughs> world peace is it too much to ask for <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't feel like she had any kind of particular allegiance to humans or anything. It was just a, yeah, it was, the goal was, yeah, world peace, I suppose. Um, and benefit if you can save your own egg at the same time. Well, yeah. Um, so she's, yeah, very noble, uh, in this film, which I liked. I, I wrote, I really like her character, you know, the trajectory of her character, I think mm. came, came into its own in this movie. Um, which is why I, th- that was a big plus for me with this so bland stuff aside i really liked how they've developed her really well for specifically yeah exactly because godzilla doesn't really get much of a not so a level much up from this film yeah because i mean yeah i mean even like mothra she gets like some more she gets another power in this you know her kind of like beasting move with the pollen and stuff yeah. like that you know they've, they've, everything's kind of been amped up but yeah godzilla i mean it's the same Godzilla from King Kong versus Godzilla. So we assumed he was dead, but obviously he wasn't. So yeah, he's he's antagonistic again. Um Although his motivation was kind of a bit I don't know. It didn't seem like he was particularly motivated evil. at all. No, it's, it's like because sort of he, he tripped over and fell on that castle and it just seemed like he was just a bit of a hothead. Like he stubbed his toe and he's just like you know, gonna, just pissed uh, off. Yeah. He was very, very clumsy in this. Where he had his tail caught in a radio tower and got yeah. all wound up about that. Then he was falling over the castle. And I was like, this guy. Yeah. He was having a bad day. But he was bizarrely clumsy. I found that quite funny. Mm. I don't know if it was intentionally funny, but it was funny to I me. I don't know. Just like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> falling over into the castle. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't really... Um, there's no goal for Godzilla in this movie. He just is. He's in his analytic state. Um, yeah. They've characterized him. I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. Sometimes Godzilla has character intent and he is doing something, whether antagonistically or otherwise. Sometimes he's just an animal who gets caught in the crossfire. Mm. A classic example of that would be Godzilla 98. You know? mm. and, and in this movie, he's that. He's basically just in the wrong place at the wrong time, it feels like, and yeah. that's the brunt of it. Yeah. And then when he's kind of, I suppose when he makes a play for that egg, that's when he, he tips the scales into being a bit, a bit of a aggressive. bastard. Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean, suppose it that's... looks delicious. Come on. It does look tasty. Fry that up. Delish. If you saw a Cadbury's cream egg or Cadbury's mini egg even, that scale... Who could resist? Not me. Exactly. So, you know what? Good guy, Goji. <laughs> um, Let him have his egg. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fine. It was, yeah, good. Um, although I think this is the last time he's a bad guy. In the show era. In the show era, yes. Or is um, we'll see, I, I, I guess. I, I take your word for it. I'm I'm wondering if there's gonna be some times where he's not a good guy or a bad guy, he just sort of shows up and saves the day sort of just because mm. I don't know. Again, like with the uh with Godzilla killing the Happy Enterprises guys, was that meant to be a oh he's see, Godzilla's Godzilla the real bad it. guy. He's the real bad guy. Only if you agree that like in all incidental death is done like maliciously. Like Godzilla it's funny, you never actually see him, you only see him directly kill one person and it's a bad guy. But he doesn't know about him at all. Is, is, is he just like all knowing? No, but like, you know, it, it's it's that implied thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's just an implied kind of like, see, 
the bad guy got killed by this Godzilla. You know, you never actually see any innocents die because I think they would paint him in a specifically bad light. But like him killing who you would expect to be the worst, the, the biggest villain in the mm. movie, I think shows him to be an even bigger villain. I don't oh, know. Because Godzilla is like the emperor yeah. to Darth Vader or something. Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I just think the guy gets killed and it's like, yeah, well, mm. he, he was in. he's in the hotel, he gets crushed and... It's just kind of. I think I'm looking for things that aren't there. Yeah, I I don't think there's much in it. You know, we've we've seen other movies where like oh, the woman in the hospital gets smashed yeah. up. Not all Godzilla deaths have meaning, and maybe this one feels like it should have, and maybe it does to some people. But to me, at least, I was just like he just died because it was what was happening at the time. Mm. Um, I guess, but like you're saying, like oh, they're both greedy about money. They fight over money. One gets killed in the fight, and then the other guy just dies. And it shows you the f- futility of those kind of conflicts. Um, mm. Regardless of whether or not Godzilla's doing anything intentionally or not, it's just showing you, like, well, would they spend all their life caring about money and bickering about money, and now they're dead? Where did it get you? Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's what they're saying, really. But um, mm. Godzilla still remains pretty inert as a character, regardless of, of that. Yeah. So, for the fights and the special mm. effects, so, as you were saying earlier, like, well, we have the u- the usual special effects in this, you know, you've got compositing and miniatures and blah 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 but also, as you were saying, the big sets for the... Miniatures, as they are sometimes called Oh, is that the days. term? I wasn't sure. Coined on the Lord of the Rings production. Oh. Idea that you make a set which is mini, mm. but it's big. Yeah. Uh, so, there you go. And that was so good they were good but really good it's a shame that that was so short lived like it was just that one room wasn't it you can easily uh discern that they maybe put a lot of money and effort into that and then maybe they didn't have (laughs) time for other things they're the little little showbogen twin yeah the rock and the the box that they sort of live in is also clearly like there is a big version of the box that they can actually go inside as human people i don't think there was a big box but I think there's some scenes where, like, they show them in close-ups standing in the box, and it's just like, you can tell it's, like, it's it's to scale. Like, they're inside a little box. Oh, I thought that was just composite. And then there's a box which she actually just carries on. I think there's a bit of both is the thing. Oh, okay. I'll have to watch um, it again. But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. They, but maybe they, they tricked us, you know, can't tell. Yeah, exactly. What's well, going on? I mean, that does speak volumes about it, really. So... There's a lot of dodge blue screening, though, where you can, you know, they haven't quite got the production line running on, like, how can we get this through without having a big blue halo around everything? when they first tried it, that was in 1961 with Mothra. Mm. And then again in, was it 62 or 63 with King Kong versus Godzilla? 62? I think it's 62. So, yeah, it it, it made a big jump then, and now we're in 1964. So it's only been three years. Hmm. Yeah, but other, other other movies are being made around the world, you know. It's like they're not exclusively hammering away at compositing on the Godzilla franchise. So it's like, hmm, it could be a little bit better. Like, uh, it could be better. I'll give it a pass. I think it's still early in their, their production, so... Oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not furious about it. Just, just you sound you furious about it. I'm just seething. <laughs> uh, there were some shots where they had obviously, like composited out the actual sky of i like this as an mm. attempt where it's like oh we were filming on a blue sky yeah we can have real humans running around in actual street and then we can put godzilla in the background by taking the sky out and then i guess putting the sky back in they they didn't look completely right godzilla ends up quite washed out in those shots and mm. it's actually working very very well until it cuts to 
a shot of the costume Godzilla on a scale set and he's so like dark and grey and yes. filled out. It's like, oh, well, the, you know, when you go back between the two, it, it reveals that, you know, there's imperfections there that maybe could have been sealed with a bit of editing cleverly to like not put the shots side by side. Yeah, I think that, yeah, probably you might be talking about where I noticed it most was when the, mm. he was at that power plant or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I did like how it looked. Yeah, yeah I liked sky. it as a look. I think mm. it's, it shows like they've got a vision for where they're going. Like we, we want this to be, you know, looking great in down the road, and this is the start of it. So it's nice to see sort of them building on to up to something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the fights that we had. So there were two fights. Yeah, there's only two fights, isn't there? Really, you have the Mothra versus Godzilla fight, mm. which was very good. I really enjoyed all of that. And then the caterpillar fight at the end. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of checked out on the last fight. I've got an <laughs> I've got an anti lava bias anyway. I don't like how they look. I think they're ugly. And now there's two of them, and they were just spraying in for nearly four minutes. Yeah, of just spraying. And I was like, a lot okay, of the shots are repeated. Yep. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this now. Just it makes you wonder why does it go on for so long? I. Like who's benefiting from this? Like who's watching it in the editing room and thinking, mm, need a, need about thirty more seconds of of that? Like, do you? Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it's because well, they needed they needed the lava to fight Godzilla. Well, yeah. So they added it, they added in that whole bit about trying to save those school kids that were on that island for some reason. And mm. I was like, okay, so they've added that bit in just to make sure there's some drama there and keep the fight going a bit longer. But that whole bit felt, felt so kind of uh, perfunctory, the word I'm looking for. Yes. Yeah. It's just like, okay, that's in there just so they can do this. And then, well, now they're doing this fight and it's just going on and on and on. Why? It's not very dynamic. No, combat. no. I mean, it starts off quite well because like, you see him biting his tail and he's flipping him around and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, there's some good action here. But then they're like, okay, we've done 30 seconds of that. Now it's you know, three and a half minutes of spraying. Like, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think there's strong components in both fights, but both of them have this problem where they're both kind of stretched out. There's a portion in the Mothra versus Godzilla fight where it just cuts to extreme close-ups of both characters' faces. Oh, just sort the of, Michael Bay moment. Yeah, thrashing around very, very close up to the camera. So you don't get really any, any sense of what's happening, but it's it's drawing out the fight. We, oh, it's longer. Like, well, they're thrashing about and mm. it's chaotic and they're fighting each other. And you're like, nothing's really happening. It's just like shots. And it just lacks a dynamic element. And to be honest, I feel like Godzilla fighting a moth comes across about as well as you would expect it to. Better, um, than, I, better than I expected, honestly. I thought it was going to be really, really ropey. But mm. I actually, like when she was dragging him along the ground, I really liked that. It was kind of funny. Um, it's kind of weird because I think when you have, because they, with some shots, I could be wrong, but it looks like they'd undercranked it so that when they, so like her wings would be beating quite fast. Yeah. But then yeah, Godzilla definitely. looks like he's almost like stop motion because he's, he's like rolling around mm, like rapidly. And yeah. Stuff. It looks really janky. Um but still enjoyable, in my opinion. Yeah, there's some ideas there. I think it's just notable that, like, Mothra... I mean, I guess it's kind of... It's happened now. They've had Godzilla versus Mothra. We don't need to do it again. But in the future, we do just see her in, like, the assisting role. True. Which is... She's much better utilised. It's like, I'll just come to, like, do some pollen and I'm going to leave. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing that I do well. Um, mm. And I've said this before, like, Godzilla fighting a flying enemy, I never really kind of 
I don't think it works that well. Well, yeah, I mean, Mega Gears. That's what I'm talking about. Exactly. Don't like that Mega Gears. It always manages to come up in conversation again, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Never going to go. <laughs> um, you can see in Mega Gears, because I've thought about this last night when I was watching the movie, that obviously we've done Millennium Era and we've done bits and pieces of other Godzilla stuff here and there. Mm. Um, but when you think about it chronologically, you can see why Megagirus compared to this it would be so exciting because it's like, well, when he fights a flying enemy, this is uh, in Megagirus, it's so much more dynamic and it is faster and they're more creative what that character can do in the air. Mm. Um, and Mothra is a, a product of the time of the 1960s. It's just like, well, this is what giant Moth is going to do. Um, and I don't dislike it. I just feel like it's just one of the less exciting fights. And I almost mm. feel like they kind of knew that by virtue of them putting in these extending shots, which don't really serve any purpose except to kind of trick you to think something's going on. When yeah, I get the good you. bits, like you say, like when Mothra gets Godzilla on the ground, when Mothra does the pollen, um, and when Mothra gets over to the, to the egg whilst Godzilla's incapacitated, all those components are really, really good. Mm. But the action actually goes on for quite a long time other than that. And I, I'm not usually critical of that, but to me it didn't really have much like narrative weight either. It's strange so, because this is, I think the first one that was like fully choreographed and not just like mm. messing about. Yeah. You two just go uh, over there and do your thing. Yeah. It's usually what you get. It must've been quite hard to film because her, she had like a 15 feet wingspan, mm-hmm. which is a huge, huge prop. It's, um, it's easily taken for granted, I suppose, what what the um, actual kind of work is involved in in those shots. Which is probably why, yeah, which is probably why, like you're saying, they added in those extending shots because, yeah, there's only so much they can do with a 15-foot puppet. But I feel like the bits that they had, which went well, are spectacular enough that I would have preferred the movie to come in just shorter. Mm, yeah. You know, like, we don't need four minutes of these larvae creatures like shooting string at Godzilla like we, we really don't and in fact it would be more impressive if they shot string at him for like maybe a minute even that feels like a lot um and it's so effective that Godzilla is just incapacitated you know maybe they want to show like oh well because there's two of them they can overcome this this guy Godzilla um and not really show that the the worm creatures are overpowered you know mm. they want to keep the balance like well it takes a long time for them to defeat him and there's two of them as well, so he well, can't Well, one could know, have been back. spraying. One could have been biting his tail. Yeah. There's just, just so many other things you could have done. It's just not that interesting, and it's it's fine, and the effects look good, and they serve their purpose for the story, but when after the fourth minute of it, you're like, yeah. mm, it's hard to stay engaged, honestly. They could have had one spraying, and then the other caterpillar could have saved the school children. Yeah, they could have ridden off on its back. Oh that would have been really God. fun. <laughs> so many little fun... <sighs> Like, yeah, know, appealing things they could have done to just add a bit of charisma to this. Like, oh, yeah, that's really fun. Mm. But I, I guess it's it's hard to really appreciate how complicated these movies must have been to make. And maybe it takes time and, and attention away from those things. Mm. But I just, you know, when you see Godzilla smashing up another castle, we saw him smash up a castle with Angiris and in the King Kong one. And now again, I'm like, couldn't it have been a roller coaster? Like, couldn't it have just been... <laughs> A roller coaster, and you know, some people could have just like careened into his mouth, like off the jump or something, you know, like maybe they're having because it's a different castle each time. So, this was, I think, is Nagoya Castle. Maybe, maybe they're having like a castles. we're gonna do it one film at a time, we're gonna take them all out. Maybe it's just a little running joke. Yeah, it's hard not to 
think of it as a bit repetitive, though. Mm, I agree. But I'm sure we'll see at least one more castle before the Shoah era. Probably. Maybe that's just what they're really good at building. They're like, well, we know we can do this, so let's uh, let's just build another castle. I imagine that is an element of it. Like, we have to plaster cast, just pour in a new, fill up the mould, get it set, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I hope we get a scene like, I've been watching Rocky movies recently, Mm. and I hope we get a scene in, like, Son of Godzilla, where it's like, Godzilla is training um, you know, the baby to <laughs> knock down a castle or something like that. I'm, I'm hoping there's a training montage in the movie. That would be really fun. Oh, we're setting the boom too high here. Oh, well, you know, that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I, I, I'm a victim of my own expectations. Completely. I mean, you came, um, you came in swinging with better story ideas at the beginning. Oh, well, you know, yeah, maybe. But um, I just know, I know in that, you know, in the series, we're going to get to some stuff, which is at the least absurdly funny if not intentionally funny mm. and i'm like well, this movie just feels like it wasn't dramatic enough and it wasn't funny enough it's somewhere in the middle yeah there was that bit actually when um you know when they were under the table after they were looking for the shepherdin twins sure and they were like oh what are we gonna do and then as they kind of like got out of the table um sakai he hit his head on the table mm. that was like the funniest moment i did laugh out loud i thought oh that's quite funny but when that stands out as the funniest moment you're like that's oh, not that funny. Mm, don't really remember it, if I'm honest. Yeah, I the funny thing. The character who, like, I can't remember the name, the guy who eats the eggs and suggests, like, oh, go talk to Mothra. Nakamura? His kind of vacant, like, personality trait. That was quite amusing, I felt. Mm. Like, he doesn't really kind of, like... He seems... He's he's only, not really he only cares about eggs. Yeah, he's very sort of, like, seemingly dim-witted, but, you know, offers good advice. And I thought it was just a funny sort of well-written sort of role. that I like that. Mm. There wasn't even, like, a redundant romance in this one which is something to be grateful wait, for. wait how like, did i not spot that yeah there wasn't even that like there's, there's this very... is this is always my thing mm. getting pissed off about pointless romance and i didn't even notice that it didn't have it surely yeah oh wow okay that's a good plus it's a plus but it's also like what is happening in this film like not a lot not a lot not a lot yeah i do love the action i love the special effects and it does have strong bits, as I've said, but like just comes in under the mark. When you compare it to Mothra and King Kong versus Godzilla, it's just not. Yeah. It's not the same league. Yeah. It's not. Yep. Agreed. Did you have a favorite moment? Well, I did really like the fight. I think it was too drawn out. And like you said, there was two fights. And I was like, two fights. But really, to me, I felt like it was just one long battle. But I think that was a really good element of the movie. I oh, just wish they I put see. a bit but- more a bit more drama behind it so like i you know cared a bit more about like the consequence of that um but other than that i felt like it was really well executed for the most part yes there were some silly bits with them and putting too many shots in, in four minutes of string and blah, blah blah said all that but yeah i feel the fight was the was the standout core component of the movie mm-hmm. otherwise i did think the whole egg thing was quite amusing and i was like interested to see where it would go but it didn't really go anywhere so that was a shame but yeah the fight it, it, i mean if you're just watching these in order the fight is the is the reason to watch it you know you get a lot of good action out of it and in a movie where the story is weaker at least there's a really great you know bit of action there yeah so yeah i like the fight what about you uh pr- there was two bits really for different reasons i know i shouldn't really pick two but i'm going to anyway so junko's it's your podcast yeah <laughs> junko's speech i really liked yeah, that struck that struck a chord. I think that was that was very good. Uh, you know, an evergreen message there. Um, and then the other bit was uh, when Godzilla's head caught on fire. 
when he was oh, getting yeah, bombed. That was interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that was was that that was I a mistake. That was intentional. It was a mistake. Oh, was yeah, but they kept it in. I was like, that worked really well. Um, yeah, visually, really, really entertaining. Um, yeah, so th- th- those are my my two two favorite moments, I think. And the nasty men fighting over money was also enjoyable. But yeah, that was very good. See, because I, yeah. I did but that was another one. Have I, two as well. Okay, cool. Because I d- I wrote that one down as well. I was like, oh, I can't have three, so I took that one out. But yes, <laughs> you can't have three again. Okay, okay. we've two. got a limit. Um, Indulging yourself now. Yeah, I know. Okay, so uh, are you ready for a quiz? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so we're gonna have four questions, four okay. possible points. So, question number one. How many eggs do we see over the course of this film? Is it seven, eight, or nine? Hmm. And this is like, when we've seen an egg, we've seen it now. We're not. Because yeah. if it yes, feels like yes, every yes, single yes. shot of, of an egg, no. we'd have like more, wouldn't we? Yeah, no, it's... it's... Uh, okay. I'm going to say eight. Nine. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, that includes Mothra's egg. They should have called it Godzilla versus the egg. Not the thing. Well, okay. Question two. Huh? Which of these is the German title for the film? Okay. Uh, Godzilla and the Prehistoric Caterpillars. Mm-hmm. Godzilla and the Ancient Egg. Uh-huh. Or Godzilla and the Enchanted Butterfly. Disappointed these weren't read out in German. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the egg one. Sorry, it's not. It's oh, okay. Godzilla and the prehistoric caterpillars. Just for my own amusement, I'm going to quickly Google um, what is. I was going to put German the German title in, but I was like, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. <laughs> the German word for egg is. Ei. There you go. E I A. Ei. Okay, that's a strange that... word. <laughs> what about ancient? I'm not doing that. No. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to do that thing? What is it? Half-assing it. No, fuck it. Let's move on. Okay. Okay, question three. Um, By what name is the turtle on Infant Island affectionately known as by fans? Is it Skeleturtle, Dry Bones, Mm. or Shelaton? I noticed this giant, like, turtle skeleton, (laughs) which I don't think is, like, biologically accurate to a real turtle in any way. Um... The first one. Correct. Yes. Oh. Skeleturtle. Skeleturtle. Yeah. He has an official name. It's like, um, the ain't, was it? The, oh no, I've forgotten it. The Mystery Bones of Infant Island or something like that. Um, mm. got, it actually got officially licen- licensed merchandise. Not surprised. Yeah. Uh, There's time for everything in this world. Absolutely. Buy your favourite turtle bone. Yeah. <laughs> consume, I, consume. I think it was... I don't think it was supposed to be alive, but because its head was swaying around in the wind, oh, yeah, they were like, oh, it must be alive. And then I think the, the fandom kind of caught up on that. They really like, bob- bobbleheaded it or something. Uh, yeah, and yeah, just went with I, it. I read it as dead. It's clearly like a skeleton. Yeah, it's dead. It's yeah. hollow. There's other bones there. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Question four. When do we hear this music? This is the music I hear when I go to the cupboard and there's no Oreos left. <laughs> so, 
do we hear it when they're constructing the electric fence? Mm. Mm. When we first see the shiny Godzilla scale thing, or mm. when they first go to Infant Island? I think it's when the scale's there. Correct. And they're saying to you, this is going to be a really interesting, mysterious movie. Take note of this very important clue. And I did. And then, and then it comes to nothing. Nothing really happens. They don't, they don't <laughs> even say it's a scale. There's like, it's just a thing. And then it's, it's just a it's reason be... to go back to that Karata coastline. Mm. And for Godzilla to appear. It's like, it's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's a MacGuffin, I suppose. But like, it's, it doesn't seem to have any, you don't, don't actually find out what it is. Well, it's supposed to be a piece of Godzilla, I guess. You guess. So it's, yeah, you it's, guess. Well, it's a clue that Godzilla's coming for us, but we already know mm. because the film's got Godzilla in the name. Mm. And then there should be scenes in the movie where people are like, I mean, this would be quite... Why couldn't someone because, just go, it looks like a scale? Well, yeah, I think this is the, this is the, the, Come on. the thing it's, it's Come missing, on. is a scene between people going, I think Godzilla's coming, we should prepare. Don't be ridiculous, Godzilla's not been seen for two years um, and that's what's not there the clue doesn't ever generate a narrative like you know it doesn't become part of it it doesn't become part of the narrative at all but it would also be quite boring if they were like Godzilla's coming and people were like we don't believe in Godzilla because that's the only way you can replay that is that people dismiss the clue even though it's so obvious what it means right mm. but because it's so obvious what it means it's, it's just kind of like we just leave it we all know it means Godzilla's coming so the movie doesn't even bother to do anything with it mm. but yeah I was, I was really enjoying the first 15 minutes of this movie and part of the reason was that music oh there you go right okay let's see let's see how you did how did I do I think I got two you got two out of four that's which is about, about, how I do, isn't it? about average yeah, yeah. Uh, so well done great thanks uh, <laughs> okay so overall I mean, as I said to you before we started recording this, I was a bit worried we wouldn't really have much to say because we were not over overly hot on this, really. I mean, mm. I do think... I get why it's kind of... why people like it so much. I think it's the strongest, in a sense, that it appeals to a wider audience, so it appeals to kids and adults. Um, and the pacing is good. You get, you get plenty of fighting. Um... The special effects are still on on an upswing, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music's more refined, especially you know the, the score. Mm-hmm. Um, story ideas are more refined as well. Uh, characters bland, but they're well acted, and you get the peanuts as well, which is always nice. Um, I mean, we've already, I mean, yeah. As I say, the only <laughs> there was a lot that let it down, really. Um, no, it's less than the sum of its parts. Mm, yeah. It's a classic example of that. Where like all these little bits you just mentioned, great. Every little thing is like, oh yeah, that works and that works. Yep. Somehow it just doesn't it doesn't glue form together a cohesive whole. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's it. So it's a shame, really, because I I'm glad people love it. It's just uh, I'm not one of the the ones. Yeah. Um. I really love the messaging, though. As, as I mentioned before, you know, the you know looking forward with optimism, which is. I suppose at the time, um, the war, you know, is passed. When was this? 64. So nearly 20 years on, you know, there's a, I think there's an economic upswing there. So everyone's feeling a bit better, you know, good state of recovery. Let's, let's, let's move on. Um, which I think comes across fairly well. You know, I wish I had that level of optimism. Uh, 
but I difficult don't at the so. moment. Yeah, absolutely. If only Mothra could come by with some sort of, <laughs> you know, general platitude about being nice to each other, we would feel better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think the, it works on a messaging front in in that aspect. Uh, but yeah, mm. like I say, there's there's lots of other stuff that just let it down because it didn't feel that well put together with all these all these different elements. It does feel that they are, despite the inclusion of Mothra, they need a creative kick up the arse a bit to be like, mm. okay, like you know, we need to keep on doing something interesting. And then the next movie, you know, I think has some of that. Not to you know look too far ahead but it does have a bit more there's new elements coming up in the next one mm. it's going to be a bit more interesting i think they're just like it's mothra again and here's godzilla this time oh actually we'll be doing rodan next well the next show of yeah godzilla movie, okay we? right yeah yeah i've not seen rodan but i do know it has magic juice in it oh and it's, <laughs> it's also got uh mega Nulas in there Mega Nulans. Yeah, remember the uh, Mega Nulans? Oh, that's how they bring them back. Yeah. Mega Geras. Yes. yes. So all of our favourite elements will be in this movie. Okay. Um, okay, so if a newbie was coming into Godzilla, do you think this would be worth watching? Do you well, it's a good place to start? As a good, as a good pla- well, as a good place to start and generally. What do you reckon? I don't think it's a bad place to start, despite everything I've said. Because it does have a lot of the ingredients. And yeah, if you hadn't seen Mothra, this would maybe be a bit more novel to you. Mm. you seeing all this stuff for the first time. It wouldn't feel like a retread. So in that regard, yeah, it is a good place to start, even though I think um, there are better movies. Because if anything, you're starting with one which establishes a lot of good stuff. It's portrayed reasonably well. And yeah, though it's got weaknesses, it just means you're going to go on to largely better stuff, I think. Mm. If you went from this to you know three-headed monster it's like well these are two good movies if you went from mothra to this i think you'd be a bit bored which is exactly what happened to me yeah so yeah it is a good it is a good good to the movie it's a fine place to start if you want to just go straight in with a versus and i you know there's there's reasons you might not want to start with kong versus godzilla you know because it's you know maybe just a bit uh too westernized mm. you want to start with a pure japanese one maybe this, this one's a bit better for that reason perhaps so yeah yeah okay yeah uh, yeah i agree um i think it's yeah it's a it's a good reintroduction of mothra i think mm. um i mean i think you disagree a little bit in that aspect but i feel like you could just go in without knowing anything from the her you know original movie i think i think you you, you get the idea um and then it builds on it builds on her lore um i would say godzilla's presence is never fully explained like really as to what he is i suppose everyone knows what he is there's that just understanding yeah. yeah so everyone knows what that's all about um so i think you could get away with like someone coming completely fresh could watch this and like not really worry too much about what godzilla is or why it's just understood at this point um, and you know newcomers who are not fully invested may just want to get to that point and feel like well Godzilla comes I don't you know unless you were looking specifically yeah. for an introduction to the character mm. you can just watch this and that and enjoy the fact that there's no preamble Godzilla's here just enjoy that and maybe you can dig into the lore and any you know nitty-gritty stuff after the fact so I think yeah depending on who you you know what your goal is in watching a, a movie then this is not bad because yeah it doesn't explain anything but you're also not bogged down so yeah pros and cons absolutely Okay, so, yes, now time for Kaiju Corner. So, 
I think people who are listening probably know what this is now, but if anyone who doesn't care to give us a rundown, Graham? Kaiju Corner is a special time for both of us where we talk about Godzilla things that aren't actually Godzilla movies because Godzilla being such a cultural icon has left an imprint pretty much anywhere you look in modern culture. So Kaiju Corner is where we get together and we think, what are some of those cultural things that have happened with Godzilla? And talk about them. Exactly that. Perfect. Uh, you man- Yeah, you, you do quite well with that. Like, I... Uh... You manage to get the point across, but you say it differently every single time. I'm wondering when, at which point you're going to repeat the exact same thing in another episode. Maybe you should make a recording where all of the explanations are laid over <laughs> and just see what that sounds like. <laughs> um, so, since our last one, there's actually been quite a lot in the Godzilla-verse, I suppose, that's happened. So, The kaiju community. The kaiju community has been on fire. Like, There's been the announcement of the next Toho movie which is Godzilla minus one. Looks exciting. Does a period look- drama Godzilla movie? Is it a period drama? Well, it's not modern day. Oh, period is it? Drama as it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a period and there'll be drama. Okay, so. yeah, true. Because um, when you said that, I imagined like feudal Japan with Godzilla. I'd actually I'd quite like to see that, that. That's something else they could want yeah. to do, if not already. So there's that. There's the Godzilla. Do you say Godzilla X-Kong? Godzilla cross-Kong? When it's... In the Japanese sense, it's always cross. But if it's a Western thing, it's probably an X. I'll say X. So yeah, Yeah. the next Monsterverse movie was obviously announced. So Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. New empire, yeah. They they, they changed the name from... Godzilla and Kong. Which was bad. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think the X is quite fixing the problem. Uh, It's better. I like how it looks. Yeah, the subtitle was good. The subtitle is good. Yeah. So there's that. There's going to be a prequel comic for that as well. There's also a God. Actually, I'm not sure if this is out yet. It might be uh, the Godzilla versus Kong Justice League comic from DC Comics. Oh yeah, I think which, you sent me a tweet about that. Yeah, uh, which I've not actually looked into since. But there's that as well. There's the Skull Island anime came out, which I've not seen yet. There's mm. a Skull Island game coming out. I think based on the anime. There's just uh, uh, Skull Island, like uh, all the kids are clamoring for Skull Island stuff, are they? I don't. Uh, maybe. <laughs> apparently, I don't yes, know. Yes, clearly. Yes, is the answer. Uh, and there's Apple TV Plus. They've got a series coming out, Monarch Legacy of the Monsters, which is a MonsterVerse TV show, ten episodes. Is that that's live action? Is it or? live action? Yep. Um, oh. I think it's in and around the San Francisco disaster. So from the 2014 Godzilla. They're still chasing that MCU, you know, golden ticket. Yes, there's a bit where they've um, shown some screen grabs and there's a bit where there's a school bus on a bridge with Godzilla there. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so I think I think it must be at that same moment. It might not be, but it, it kind of looks like that. So that could be interesting. I am actually looking forward to that. I'm not going to get my hopes up too high because, you know, who knows? Um, but we'll see. But in any case, that's a lot of stuff. Uh, oh yeah, yes. yeah. So there's a whole whole bunch of stuff coming up, um, but uh, we're not going to talk about any of that. So for my little section of the Kaiju Corner today, people listening might remember on the last one I spoke about the um, Dawn of the Monsters video game, which is the Kaiju beat 'em up from uh, 13 AM Games. Uh, so the publishers Way Forward they got in touch with me again and said. Uh, and they said, would I like to have a go at the, the DLC that's coming? 
Um, and I said yes, and I played it. And uh, wow. yeah, so that was that's great. Uh, I think it's it's going to be out on the twenty fourth of August in North America, and then twenty eighth in Europe. So it's fair to say it's out by the time this podcast is. It will be. I think by the time I finish editing, yeah, it should. Hopefully, this will be out on the twenty fourth. It's out now. Yes, it's out now. Exactly. So yeah, so there's there's going to be there's kind of two DLCs, I suppose. There's the there's a free update coming, which includes oh. uh, there's a story mode plus where you get to replay the game again with all your augments and then there's new game plus and it goes all the way up to new game triple plus um wow. yeah Novel. yeah so yeah uh, greater difficulty and new enemy variants and stuff like that um there's also japanese voiceover which is when i spoke to alex rushdie on our bonus transmission last mm. time uh he was telling me about that which is cool so i played i played again with with that on which is uh which was really good, actually. I really did enjoy that. Um, there's also a trial mode, which includes 10, 10 challenges there. And there's uh, a bunch of new achievements as well. So that's the free stuff. The trial mode, I tried. I suck at it. So bad. Can you explain what the trial mode entails? Okay. So an example of one of the trials is there's like a, a lighting system on the level. So if the light's blue you can attack the enemy, but when it's red, your attacks are ineffective. Um, but it's a one-hit kill for you. So you're kind of trying to avoid enemies when the light's red, and then you're trying to attack them when the light's blue, but also not get hit yourself. Which, I, honestly, as much as I love beat-em-ups, I still suck at them. So that, for me, was just so hard. I haven't managed to do it. In fact, I've only been able to do one trial so far, which is one where you've, you've got to throw, your project, throw the enemy projectiles back at them without getting oh, hit by one. It's a pet peeve of mine in games. We have to ricochet, yeah. Projectile. Yeah. Well, you, you for this you pick it up and throw it back. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not like um, but it, Zelda style, if you would. No, no. But yeah. it, it's still it's hard. Uh, in fact, every challenge I tried was so difficult. So, but I don't think my skill set is up to par for that. But I'm going to keep going and see how far I get with those. Because um, initially I saw it and I was like, oh, it's only ten trials. That'd be quite easy to do. Uh, but they're not. They're super hard. So this is definitely kind of you know once you've really rinse the game for all it's worth this will keep you playing for a bit longer so that's that's the free stuff and then there's the arcade mode and character pack dlc so that includes the arcade mode which is where you play through from start to finish i mean do i need to explain that maybe i should you, you play through from start to finish with with lives instead so it drops like a lot of the narrative stuff i would assume as well yeah you, like it's you just don't a pure yeah as it would have been in the arcade I, I guess exactly yeah you don't go back to the hub world or anything like that or there's no cutscenes. it's just yeah from start to finish and there's like a there's like a new power-up system for that um for that mode so at the end of each level you'll get one augment you can add to your character and they, they will kind of stack um because normally in the in the story mode you'd have three augments that you can equip at any one time but this is after each level you get a new a new a new augment to add so you end up with quite a few by the end um and you can kind of ch choose how you want to play so you can have like predetermined set of augments you can select from uh, as you're playing through the arcade mode or you can do like a, it's called the rogue mode where it's random that was probably my favorite one because it's like each time you play the arcade mode it'll be different which i really liked um so it that was quite difficult so i could actually do the arcade mode thankfully I, like i said i can't do the trial mode but i actually managed to finish the arcade mode so i was quite pleased with that um but yeah there's a lot of replay value there with the with the random augments i think and then there's the new playable character which is meteor temujin so that was the, there was a vote 
between three uh, additional characters, and this is the character that won the public vote. Uh, what kind of character are they? It's like Megazord from Power Rangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's got four pilots. Um, this is quite good, actually, because I, I, did, I wasn't so keen as playing the, the quick characters in the base game. I preferred the big, powerful ones, but this is kind of a blend between the two, I think, which is really nice. And it's got, like, three different weapon play styles. So you have, like, a sword, which is the quick attack, an axe, which is the mid, like, medium speed, and then the slow hammer attack. I was, a, I was a bit disappointed that that was the character. I knew that was the character that would win the public vote. I mm-hmm. really wanted another one to win, but it didn't. But even so, the character is fun to play as, so, you know. Do you have any other characters that are similar to that? I suppose in the vote they had, like, three or four characters that were nothing like anything that's already in the game. Uh, yeah, so the one that I wanted was... Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it was kind of a bit like Kong, I suppose, in a way. Right. Which sort was not like it. like creature sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like any of the others, so that would have been nice. I guess people just want to play as Megazord, so that's fine. That's fine. So when you're playing this arcade mode, are the stages like literally like for like as they are, or is it like... Yeah, they, they are the same. It is the, the same. The enemies like, are the same. It's the same like frequency of attacks, and it's not like diff- more difficult in any way. It's just like these are the stages with all the the hub elements is cut out yeah it's the same so like but your health carries over to the next level as well which mm. is where the it's challenge way to kind of replay it without kind of getting caught up in things that you might have already seen like a handful of times from replaying it another way i suppose exactly yeah mm. um so it's definitely more challenging um and it's my preferred way of playing honestly um if like yeah replaying it again i like the story mode it is fine and i did enjoy it but i do feel like i've done that now and yeah for me it's the arcade mode is now is now where i'll be replaying it um yeah and there's also a nightmare difficulty which i've only only done normal and i mean seriously i'm so bad at this i thought i was quite quite good but yeah playing it now i've realized actually i've really got to up my game so so when they put this um megazord type guy in there any other sort of little uh, Power Rangers like hints or nods or Easter eggs like you know like in jokes maybe they've got anything for that for Power Rangers fans or is it just like it, is it just purely this is a trope that we're just going to do and it's not going to point directly at Power Rangers in any specific way it's not parodizing it I don't parodying it or anything like that I don't know Power Rangers well enough to be able well, to so tell there you there could there. be all kinds of stuff in there but I mean the just the structure of how they are, you know, the four pilots with this one machine. I do like the Megazord. Like, I'm not a Power Rangers fan, but when the Megazord gets built, that, you know, you're not human if you're not enjoying. That's great. Like, literally every single time the Megazord comes together is exciting. That's when you're watching great. Power Rangers, yeah. Like, yeah, right. always the best outstanding. bit. Yeah. Outstanding. And then all the, yeah, the, the, the Green Ranger stuff and the White Ranger stuff, it was the it was good. It was. I just I just didn't care for... The teen drama stuff, which is too... I don't give a shit. <laughs> but yeah, one day one day we, we just do a broad Power Rangers episode. You could just like pick a few episodes. You could be like, oh, we'll just sort of talk about the first one and the last one or something and see like... We could see, yeah. How does the quality change? I mean, it's still making Power Rangers now, technically. Uh, I've seen like a Christmas special one time actually where the Power Ranger has to like... They don't know what Christmas is or something because they're a Power Ranger. So they like go to like different parts of the world and experience Christmas. They don't know what Christmas is. Yeah. yeah. How, why? <laughs> They're was, humans. It was really bad. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was called. I can find the name of it quickly. Uh, hold on. Oh, man, there's, there's more than one Christmas special apparently. <laughs> so. 
Uh, tell you what, though, if you ever want to do a Christmas, well, there's no kaiju in it. There's no fight in it. There's no like. I was going to say, if you want to do a Christmas, oh, special Christmas special would be Monster good. Island Radio. Yeah. You could discover that, but like, there isn't any fighting in it. There's no kaiju. Element. I don't think there's ever been a Christmas in a kaiju movie, is there? There's got to be. There's got to oh. be a Christmas kaiju movie out there somewhere. Hopefully, one day we'll see. Do you get the impression that if this DLC is successful, they'll do more? Maybe those other well, characters will get a chance to appear. This is what I hope because that would be good. Uh, I mean, even as a franchise, I think it has legs for a sequel, at least, for them to hopefully come into. Mm. Which, you know, I hope does happen, because this is, uh, this, they're, they're on the right track for, for kaiju games with this. So, hopefully. But yeah, I guess, yeah, if it sells well, I mean, surely that would incentivize them to keep going with it, right? Well, you'd think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like they've got a good set of ideas, you know, entice people to come back to the game with free updates that are quite robust and demand a lot of replay value. If you're somebody who's already replayed the game to death, maybe you'd be enticed to buy the DLC and give yourself another reason to to try out these modes of a new character. Yeah, absolutely. But then it's like, well, even if the, the DLC is successful, they might decide themselves, like, we want to get on with that sequel now. So, And maybe those characters that were that lost in the vote would then pop up there. I'm hoping so. That, that's that's my hope. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you if you've already absolutely rinsed everything you can out of the game, and then you finish the trial mode, then yeah, I would say I would say take the plunge. Um, I, I've had mm-hmm. a good time with it. Um, yeah, so thank you, WayForward, for that. Really enjoyed it. Fingers crossed for some more in the future. Okay, what have you got for the Gaiju Corner? It's been a while right. since you've had one, right? I keep uh, I keep steamrolling over whatever it is you want to say. Was it you did the game last time? Now you done the game again? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> this time jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Gaiju Corner. Yes, I, I get to speak. Here we go. Um, Now's your turn. Uh, so, me and my wife, we're big NBA fans. We love watching the NBA. It's the off-season at the moment, so we're really, um, really parched for, for basketball. When it's on, though, um, they like to pump a lot of music and like sound effects into the stadium like to get the crowd going. That's just part of American sport. If you watch it, mm-hmm. you would know that. And uh, we often play this song called Simon Says, and it's by this guy called Pharaoh Monk. Uh, he's a hip-hop artist so it's a remix of the uh orchestral score from godzilla versus mothra and um it's really really good because uh it plays that you know that starting bit of the the tune um with a nice hip-hop like bass line behind and the drums and it just really is good at getting you a bit of hype and as a Godzilla fan, I love hearing that. So it's a perfect example of where, you know, Godzilla has permeated not just the hip-hop music genre, but now it affects uh, the basketball that I watch as well because they always play it. They probably play it probably, I would say, purely from the NBA. I'm hearing it maybe three times a week when I'm watching. <laughs> it's a lot. And it's not, it's not exclusive to just one team. I support New York Knicks and they play it a fair bit. Um, especially when they're like five points behind or so. I, I try to kind of discern why are they play in this particular bit of music with all of the stuff they do. And I think they put Simon Says on when they just, they're a little bit behind and they can get it back or they've just fallen back from a lead sort of thing. To kind of pump, pump them up. Yeah. So if the Knicks are behind, you're hearing Simon Says a lot. Mm. Um, but you hear it in other stadiums as well. Um, the quality of these sort of sound effects or music samples as they as they are varies from team to team and how much money they spend on this and some stadiums keep it completely dry which i've come to really dislike yeah um, you want a bit of atmosphere don't you yeah i think that's kind of one of the good things about american sport like i think because i mean i can't stand football 
but was it the MLS? Is that the American Football League? Like when's like, Major League Soccer? Maybe. That's oh yeah, that, yeah. I think that's it. Like with certain teams when they're playing at home and like when they score and stuff like that, they'll have like jets of fire going off by the goal. And I think it's mm-hmm. in Oregon they have, or s- somewhere in Oregon they have like um, a guy with a chainsaw sawing off a big bit of a trunk. Yeah, is, there, is there a team called like the Lumberjacks or something? Something like that. You know, it's just like it's really entertaining, and I I really like that kind of atmosphere. So like yeah, having music pumping out oh, during yeah, a yeah. during a, a basketball game. I mean, why not? I think it's the Portland Timbers you're thinking of. They have the lumberjack, yeah, like saw yeah, yeah. a big log in half when somebody scores yeah. a goal. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. You don't need it, but once you've become accustomed to it, you really miss it. I can imagine. I mean, yeah, it just adds a bit of flavour, right? I hate it when we... Well, and, you know, I really obviously have an affection for the Knicks because we support them. Mm. Um, they're pretty good at the moment. They're not the greatest. They're much better than they have been in recent years. Um but yeah, then they go to some stadium and it's just like, it's effectively silence. Like, yeah, you can hear a bit of the crowd, but like, it's like, come on. Yeah. It's it's so like, let's have some fun sort of thing. Yeah. And when so much of sport is taken all too seriously as well, I think a bit of that is, is worth it. Um, there's a balance, obviously, you don't want it to be too invasive, but it's fun. So yeah, Simon says, perfect example of how Godzilla's left his big kaiju footprint on culture both in uh well in more ways than one all at the same time yeah it's interesting isn't it because like would a lot of people know that that's what the tune is i don't know well as it's from godzilla mm. no i would expect that younger audiences because i don't really use the tune in that way in the monsterverse stuff that they've done recently no it's more um, the yeah it might be there in is an osmosis sort of sense, mm. but the youngest fans, you know, like you know, your kids, early teens, they probably just think it's a cool song because it's so so common um, in hip hop that you think like that's a great tune, and you just don't pay any credit to the fact that yeah. it's probably sampled from like six or seven different places. And occasionally, I'll be listening to stuff, and Spotify is quite good at this. The Spotify algorithm will sometimes like throw out the original part of some song, and I'm like, oh, it's that's that's tune i like listening to but it's not it's where it's originated mm. from the sample so yeah it's always good to kind of go back and and look that up and it's funny yeah because we were obviously complimenting the, the the soundtrack from today's film but they actually sample the 92 version what's the name of that era when we get to that hey so yeah mm. that's going to be a completely different kettle of fish or kettle of kaiju, kettle of kaiju. Like. yeah um when we get to it i'm looking forward to that whenever it time comes because it will be totally different to the shower yeah stuff. it's a good era i've seen a few um, that's the ones we used to rent a lot of those didn't we uh yes that's true actually so we've seen those back in our salad days yeah. as would like to say <laughs> yeah it's interesting how because like you know you'd see godzilla or godzilla references in you know stuff like the simpsons or any other cartoon or comic or, yeah. or anything but yeah for the music to break away and kind of become its own thing like that is quite interesting i wonder if like i mean this is strange to say, but I, I wonder if I'm enjoying it more than other people who don't know. It's not necessarily where the sub comes from, but you start to, from my perspective, perceive the target player of the music as the Godzilla's personality. Mm, yeah. And that makes it so fun when it's a player that you like as well who's coming up the court. And if they are like just a little bit behind, they just need a couple of hoops. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is really, it's good. My wife likes it as well because she obviously has learned from me that it's from Godzilla. But, but I think even without that, it's such a good just sequence of notes to, to that intimidation beat. track yeah it's, i don't it, know if there's like a proper name for that in hip-hop or not but like that's yeah. how it comes across in the basketball they they may well play it during 
NFL or any other sports. So I, don't, I only watch basketball personally. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great tune. Let, mm. Let's hear it now. Yeah, I guess uh, that's it then for the Kaiju Corner. Um, mm. So, yeah, Mothra versus Godzilla. It's it's a it's a yeah, it's got one thumb up for me. It's uh yeah, I think it's fine to watch. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. Enjoyable movie. Enjoyable. Not not a special movie, shall we say? No. Uh, I, I I would I would be interested to to have a conversation with somebody who says it's their favorite and really like convince me because uh, not seeing it. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, each to their own. And anyone who's listening, and this is your favorite movie, please blow us up. Yeah, come on. In the comments, I mean, absolutely roast us for getting this wrong. <laughs> um, so you can how could how could they how could they reach out to us, Graham? Well, you, um, you could go on various social media platforms. Uh, choose your uh, you know tumultuous social media platform of choice. <laughs> Are you on the threads? I don't know. Oh, and, uh, uh, actually, this podcast isn't. It should be. Oh, announce it now. Okay, so we're also on threads now. And where would we at? It'd be Monster Island Radio on threads and Instagram. Great. And the other one is Monster Island RP. Yes, on Twitter. The other one. The other one. Uh, Yes, that one. Uh, We're not on Facebook. Uh, We are on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Monster Island Radio, I would assume. Yes, that's the one. Um, And um, if there is a social media, you know, place that's come up out of somewhere since this was recorded <laughs> give it a go search we'll, for monster island we'll radio. probably be there still amazed that nobody took this podcast name before us but we got it we got the yeah. one with the best name that doesn't matter about what the content is <laughs> this one's got the best name okay and i i you know i'm very pleased about that so yeah um i think anyone who reaches out to us on any platform is, they're very nice. friendly i think people on youtube put us on blast mostly which is fine you know we want we, we, we want to hear the opposing you know, different views. opinions from our own that's what we want yeah exactly and we know what we said we just recorded it yeah so tell us tell us, something tell us tell us why you love this movie we want to know we're genuinely curious yeah actually actually yeah. G- genuinely are um so yeah message and comment and all of that malarkey um i've noticed people have been rating us on like um apple and spotify and stuff like that and thank you so much I, is it still called itunes, iTunes or apple podcasts apple, Music. apple podcasts Sorry, I'm interrupting. that's fine you're being you're giving a compliment to our lovely listeners yeah I yeah you were how rude and so thank you everyone uh really appreciate that that's really nice of you um and also everyone who likes the the uh episodes on youtube as well that's always lovely to see um Really appreciate it. So yeah, thank you everyone and anyone who hasn't rated us, please do so. We would appreciate Give that too. Go. Why not? Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, also, I have an Etsy store. I'm just going to plug that quickly. Oh, for the, the you can get a couple of uh, Mothra stickers. There. You can get Mothra sticker there. You can get a Mothra yeah. poster there. Well, not poster print. Um, so I did have it on. An, I mentioned it in another episode. I had an imprint store. Um, well, I've managed to find a, a way to do things a bit cheaper, but the quality is still the same. So it's on Etsy. So Ben M R Hall Art on Etsy. Just search that, and and you'll find it. Uh, so yeah, if you if you feel like you want to 
help me out and you like the the print that i've made uh, then by all means buy one i'd appreciate it um and yeah again big thank you to way forward uh so thank you uh and i guess that's it anything else see ya cool we want to be here <laughs> okay thank you everyone Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>